All right, everyone, it is nine o'clock, so that means we can begin. Welcome back to Subject to Change. I'm your host, Xander, and this is season four, episode two. So last week was my much-anticipated return to the Rock U studio. Um, felt really great to be in here, play some great tunes for you guys, and um, here I am for a second week in a row. Truth be told, since, as you may know, this is Clark's midterm week, um, I've been quite busy, and I wasn't necessarily planning on doing a show this week, but I figured, you know what, I've been studying for four hours straight for an accounting exam that is just as disgusting <laughs> as it sounds. Um, so I'm going to treat myself and give myself a little break and come in here and play you guys an hour of music. So yeah, let's just jump into it. First up, we have Dark Red by Steve Lacey. Now, Steve Lacey is a Compton singer-songwriter who I'm sure many of you are familiar with, and this is probably his biggest song, but um, being that I've never featured him before on the channel, and being that this song recently came, in, came on my Spotify radio, um, yeah, it's just been in my head for the last couple days, and it feels fitting to start this show with, so... Let's just jump in. Here's Dark Red by Steve Lacey. Don't you give me up, please don't give up 
Once again, that was Dark Red by Steve Lacey. And what a fantastic song that is. I mean, I remember when that came out in 2017, I believe, my senior year of high school. Um, and it made its waves, definitely fairly popular song upon its release. But I never listened to him or that song all that much. But every listen, I feel like I get something new out of it or I notice something new about the production. And um, yeah, it just is such a pleasant and uh, enjoyable listening experience that it seems like the perfect way to start off today's show. Um, I should also mention that as I'm doing this show, it's currently the Yankees-Red Sox uh, wildcard game, so I have that on my phone. Um, so here or there I might mention when something happens in the game, um, being that we are in Worcester, I feel like there's a big, uh, there's a lot riding on this one. Um, not that I have any real skin in the game, but as a baseball fan, it's an important game. So whoever loses uh, is out of the playoffs, and whoever wins moves on. So right now, Red Sox are up 2-0, but bottom third, anything can happen. So next up, we have Head Down by Soundgarden. Now, Soundgarden has been featured a fair amount on the channel before. They're one of my favorite grunge bands of all time, um, right up there with Nirvana um, Foo Fighters, if you consider them grunge, they're more post-grunge, but you know, they're so of that era and definitely of that pedigree. So Head Down is not one of their bigger songs, but I think it's one of their better songs. And um, well, you'll see why, but it just has this really great groove and Chris Cornell's singing is as always excellent. So yeah, here's Head Down by Soundgarden.
All right. Well, in the long runtime of that song, the Red Sox have scored yet another run. So it is now 3-0 Red Sox. But again, still early days. Once again, that was Head Down by Soundgarden. And I just think it's such a good riff. Um, one of my favorites by them. And, you know, Chris Cornell's lyrics are completely haunting. I mean, I'm sure they were haunting in the 90s when this came out. But they're equally haunting now that he's passed. So... I mean, it's a great song, and I should have mentioned when we started the episode that most of the songs that I'm going to be playing today are rock-heavy. There's definitely like a grunge slant to this episode, and I think I find myself gravitating towards music that I'm just more familiar with and more comfortable with around stressful times, like finals or midterms in this case. Um, So yeah, I often go back to projects that I've been listening to for the last, what, five, ten years like I have for with this uh, super no- super unknown album by Soundgarden. So definitely something interesting that I've noticed about my listening habits. So speaking of which, next up we have G Angel by Sugar. So Sugar is kind of a legendary yet equally unknown um, punk rock band uh, led by Bob Mould, who if you don't know the name, he was the frontman for Husker Du which are definitely a legendary and much more well-known group, um, highly influential to pretty much every rock band to come after them. So if you're not familiar with Husker Du's music, I definitely recommend checking them out. But after they disbanded, Bob Mould formed Sugar. And I have to say, I think this one album, File Under Easy Listening, might be my favorite work that he's ever done. Um, This song is G Angel, um, which I believe is... One of my favorites off the album, I've played several songs off this before, so I try not to repeat, but G Angel is a great cut, and I'm happy to be able to share this with you guys now. So yeah, here's G Angel.
All right, once again, that was G Angel by Sugar. And what a great song that is. Um, again, I love the punk influence and the riff and the speed of that song. But I also really enjoy Bob Mould's singing. Um, I think he's got such a unique voice. Um, whenever I hear a track with him, I instantly know who's singing on it. And um, yeah, really think that this album's great. If you haven't listened to it, it's called File Under Easy Listening by Sugar. Um, it's really one of like my favorite kind of hidden gem albums that I feel like most people aren't too aware of. Also, baseball update. We're going to keep bouncing between the two. Uh, I think Garrett Cole got pulled um, in the third inning of all things. So, yeah, it looks like he's no more for today. So I don't know if they're just going to have a bullpen game for the next six or seven innings. That's kind of crazy. But... We'll see how it works, but right now Yankees are down 3-0. The Mets killer himself, Kyle Schwarber, hit the home run. That, I guess, pulled Cole out of the game, but interesting decision by Boone, but we'll see how it works out for them. Next up, we have Shadows by Sunny Day Real Estate. Now, Sunny Day Real Estate is a band that you also might not have heard of, um, also from that same Seattle grunge era as Nirvana and the way I became aware of them is because their bassist Nate Mandel is actually the bassist for the Foo Fighters. Um, So before he joined the band he was part of this group called Sunny Day Real Estate and they are lesser known but I think they are really great Um, and in fact they might not be as lesser known as I think they are. I saw a Pitchfork review of this album that they did a you know 20th anniversary sort of re-release of and um, I think they give it like an 8.8 or something, which if you know Pitchfork reviews, they're very stingy and that's pretty high praise. So I don't know, maybe critics like them, but I'd, I think most people, at least listening today, are not too aware of Sunny Day Real Estate. So I'm happy to put people on. And yeah, this is another grunge kind of sadder song, but you know, They find a way to make it melodic and interesting. So here's Shadows by Sunny Day Real Estate. Yeah. 
again that was shadows by sunny day real estate and i love that song i mean every time i hear it i'm actually drawn to the drums more than anything um, which is ironic because the drummer for sunny day real estate william goldsmith um, was very briefly in the foo fighters and if you know anything about the band's history you'll know that dave grohl went behind william's back and re-recorded all of his drum tracks because he didn't think they were good enough. Um, so, little little bit of tension there. Needless to say, William quit after that. But uh, it's funny because when I hear this song, I think the drums sound fantastic. So it just shows that there are levels to this, right? You can be a good drummer, and then there's great drummers. And if you have something, you know, in your head, there's kind of unrealistic expectations to live up to there. Um, that role kind of set for, for Goldsmith, but either way, great song, and uh, definitely Sunny Day Real Estate, I think, is a group many of you guys should check out if you have not already. Uh, they have three albums, I believe, um, and yeah, they're all really great. So moving on, we have a classic. It's Lithium by Nirvana. We're going to stick with this grunge theme that we have going on here. And uh, yeah, Dave Grohl connection. Dave Grohl's on drums on this track. So here, you guys can compare and contrast and tell me if you notice a difference. But here's Lithium by Nirvana. I'm so happy cause today from my friends are in my head. I'm so that's okay, cause so are you Bergomir's Sunday morning is every day for all I care And I'm not scared that my candles in our days Cause I found God So lonely, that's okay, shame 
I'm so happy Cause today I found my friends In my head I'm so ugly That's okay Cause so are you Broke on me is Sunday morning Is every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles In a days Cause I found God Once again, that was Lithium by Nirvana. And I know I said to listen to the drums in that song, which are great, but to me that song's really all about the bass. Um, Chris Novoselic, for those who don't know, the bassist for Nirvana, is kind of a genius in his own right. He gets talked about a hell of a lot less than Grohl or Kurt, but um, yeah, he's the perfect instrumentalist for this group. And I mean, they wrote really, really simple songs but their execution of them and the passion is just what made them so catchy and infectious. And in fact, this song, Lithium, has an amazing live version that I think you guys should check out. Um, it's from their live album, Live at Reading, and there's videos on YouTube of the actual footage. There's a fan or someone on stage just going absolutely crazy, dancing, jumping up and down. Um, and yeah, I mean, their live energy is just kind of unmatched and you can get that sense with the yeah like that chorus um you can just picture tens of thousands of people yelling that right back at them so definitely a classic definitely one of my favorites by them and uh yeah i was a little surprised i hadn't played it on the show before but no longer so next up we have how many more times by led zeppelin so if we want to talk about bands that have influenced each other, I think Led Zeppelin probably tops that list um, of influences for all these artists I've shown so far. So Led Zeppelin, legendary British rock band. Um, and if we want to talk about drummers, I mean, look no further than John Bonham, unquestionably the greatest rock drummer of all time. And this song, How Many More Times, I believe was the world's introduction to Led Zeppelin. They did this live show in black and white. I found footage of it. I couldn't find it um, when I was prepping for the show, but it's online somewhere. And I think the first song they played in their first ever televised set was How Many More Times. And every time I hear this song, it just blows me away. It's, I think, eight minutes long. Yeah, 828. So it is a quite a long track, but it just shows everything that the band 
is good at and went on to perfect throughout their careers. So yeah, here's How Many More Times by Led Zeppelin.
Goodness, that was How Many More Times by Led Zeppelin. And that might be the best song I played all night. <laughs> I mean, it's like 10 songs in one. It's kind of incredible what they're able to do um, when they just have space to perform. Like I said, that's an eight and a half minute song. Uh, easily the longest thing I'm playing tonight. But they just have so many different sections. And they're so talented at their each res their individual respective instruments um, that they just have space and freedom to do things that other bands simply don't. Um, I can only imagine hearing this when it first came out, and it must have sounded so revolutionary, and I mean it still sounds revolutionary. Like, there's really no one doing this sound um, ever. Not now, not since then, and probably never again. I mean, if you want to count Greta Van Fleet, which funnily enough I was talking with Max about earlier today, um, but they're terrible. I mean, they're just a bad cover band, essentially. They're just such a ripoff. And I actually quoted, I was sending Max quotes about this review that Pitchfork did on their uh, 2018 album called Anthem of the Peaceful Army. And this is Greta Van Fleet I'm talking about. And the, <laughs> the opening quote of that says, Greta Van Fleet sounds like they did weed exactly once, called the cops, and try to record a Led Zeppelin album before they arrested themselves. <laughs> That's too good. I mean, it's true. It's just so disingenuous when you try to so clearly emulate and knock off such a classic band sound and do nothing in efforts to add to it. I mean, it's just so low effort to me. Um, and I really just don't appreciate it. And Pitchfork obviously doesn't either. They gave this the lowest review I've ever seen them give anything, which was a 1.6 out of 10. Um, and I thought they ended their review with a fairly poignant quote about how streaming, like what I'm doing right now through Spotify, um, 
has really kind of hurt the music industry and creativity at large. So this is the quote from the article that says, but for as retro as Anthem of the Peaceful Army may seem, in actuality, it's the future. It's a proof of concept that in streaming, in the streaming and algorithm economy, a band doesn't need to really capture the past. It just needs to come close enough so that the computer can assign it to its definite article. There's more, the more unique it sounds, the less chance it has to be placed alongside what you already love. So when the Greta Van Fleet of your favorite artist finally lands on your morning playlist, spark up a bowl of nostalgia and enjoy the self-satisfied buzz of recognizing something you already know. It's the cheapest high in music. And I mean, this is why they get paid the big bucks, first of all. That's like a beautifully written paragraph right there. But secondly, it just got me thinking of like, it's true. I mean, before streaming, the artists really had freedom to do whatever they want and experiment and take those risks. But now when a suggested artist comes up, it's suggested based on what you're already listening to. So these artists, new bands are encouraged and kind of predisposed to just sound like everything else that you're already liking. Um, And in that way, it kind of stems creativity, which is something I hadn't really considered before, but it's definitely an interesting, thought experiment right because the more familiar you are with an artist the more your the algorithm thinks you're going to like something similar so i don't know it's kind of this feedback loop that kind of stifles creativity for new up-and-coming artists and promotes people like Greta Van Fleet who are never going to be anything as good as Led Zeppelin sorry that was a little bit of a rant but it seemed appropriate given the song we just played Next up, we have Rooster by Alice in Chains. Now, I don't think I've ever featured Alice in Chains on the channel before, but they're also Seattle grunge band. But instead of having a basis in punk music, like a lot of the other grunge bands I've spoken about so far, they have a basis in metal. So there's definitely less of an emphasis on speed and more of an emphasis on loud sort of power chords. But this song, Rooster, It's an excellent track that kind of shows both sides of it. They have a lot of restraint um, and really only get into that super aggressive stuff during the choruses. So let's jump in. Here's Rooster by Alice in Chains. Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
crazy song that was. That's Rooster by Alice in Chains. And, you know, it's funny. I never really paid attention to the lyrics all that much. But as I was listening to that in the studio just now, it kind of sounded like he was talking about Vietnam. So then I Googled it. And sure enough, he was. Apparently, this is singer Lane Staley's kind of tribute to his dad who served in the war. Um, and, yeah, just several references to the jungle and... You know, mosquito death and machine gun man. You know, I mean, it just seemed it seemed to add up, and I, I happen to be right. But it's just such a great song, and I love how there's this slow buildup and really kind of soft melodic verse. But um, you know, they have that explosion, that heavy metal element to them, and the chorus just commands all this power and uh, respect. So great song and happy to be able to feature them on the channel i don't think i ever have shown alice in chains before last up today we have jungle by Jimi hendrix now Jimi hendrix needs no introduction i've done a entire episode dedicated to him with gable before so if you want to check that out um that was a year or two ago but I, one of my favorite episodes i've ever done so jimmy is the best guitarist of all time and some would say the best instrumentalist in rock ever. Um, you could totally make that argument. So it seems fitting to end with this song, which is Jungle, which is actually on a posthumous album that came out in, I believe, 2018, titled Both Sides of the Sky. So when I came across this, it said that Jimmy had a new release, which I always find kind of funny being that he's passed for almost 50 years now, or maybe over 50 years. But yeah, this was a song that I hadn't heard off it. I don't think anyone had. And uh, it's an instrumental track only. He doesn't sing, but it's pretty amazing. And it shows really what's being missed by since his passing. So yeah, let's just jump in. Last up, we got Jungle by Jimi Hendrix.
What an incredible treat that is. Once again, that was Jungle by Jimi Hendrix. And I mean, he was just on a different level. You can just tell. It sounds like he's playing three guitars at once. I mean, it's it's crazy. And I mean, I, like, there's no sense in pitting the songs I played today up against each other, but that could easily be the best song I played today, you know? And he didn't even sing. So yeah, just an amazing talent. Um, understatement of <laughs> the century, but... Yeah, what a great way to end today's episode. Uh, I know I kind of dropped the uh, baseball coverage halfway through, but it's currently 3-1 Yankees, Rizzo homered, or 3-1 Red Sox, rather. Rizzo homered um, to get the Yanks on the board, and it's only top six, so still a lot of time to go. Um, If I were to make a prediction, which I am, um, I say Yankees win this one. I say, like, Stanton or Judge or someone hits a clutch home run, and uh, they upset Boston at home. That's at least my prediction. But in time, we will tell. All right, that does it for me here tonight. Thank you all for tuning in. I know this was a little bit of a ragtag episode. Um, I've just been super busy with midterms and, you know, just getting ready for fall break. You know, everyone deserves a little bit of a break. Um, but yeah, this was a really great escape for me. Little hour session of just playing music, talking to you guys, and uh, having a good time. So I will not be doing a show next week because it's fall break. Um, but the week after, I should be back for you guys with episode three. So yeah, hope everyone has a great break. Thank you so much for listening, and yeah, good night. <laughs>